such a good word this morning and lead into what we're going to be talking about today. We're continuing, we're actually closing up our sermon series on Fully Devoted, and we're going to talk about God's word today, and I'm excited to be able to do that with you. I just came back yesterday from a week of vacation. We were in Mexico, Earl and I. It was the first adult vacation we took. We have three kids, and so it was the first adult vacation we've taken in 11 years, all of our vacations. Yes, thanks, you can clap for that, yeah. And so it was a great time away, and so I'm grateful to be able to come back and share with you today and on the closing of our fully devoted series. But before we start today's message, I want to acknowledge and apologize to each of you today. A couple weeks ago when I spoke on the holiness of God that started our sermon series uh, two weeks ago, I did a sermon illustration to demonstrate how God's holiness covers our sins. And in the illustration, I used blankets to represent that. And I used a black blanket to represent sin and a white blanket to represent the holiness of God. And I understand that some people were offended by that analogy, by that illustration. And so I want to apologize for that. My hope and prayer when I'm up here is always that my words would be helpful and not hurtful, that they would be honoring to God and to you and not a hindrance to you. And so that's why here at the bridge, um, we have a value of intelligibility because we understand that language and context matters. In fact, Paul was just talking about that in his devotion. And so I just want to acknowledge and apologize for any offense that it may have created. And I'm grateful that each week that we get to learn and grow together. You know, even as Paul Yoon talked about in his message, we are all learning this stuff together. We're all growing together. And that is the grace of God in each one of us. So let's do that today. Let's learn and grow together as we're talking about the word of God. And before we do, let's pray. Father, we just thank you that we can be here together as a family and be able to hear and learn and grow, God, specifically as we're talking about the Holy Bible, God's word to us, your word to each of us. That your word, your scripture, your truth would be what leads and guides us today. And so God, I come with an open heart and mind to grow, and I pray that each one of us here would as we hear this message today, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, last week, Leanne Cabral, she walked us through, she said, a journey. She was talking about prayer, and she said, I want to walk you through this as a journey, and similarly today, I'd like to do the same as we speak about God's word. 
I'm gonna start with an overview of the Bible, and then we're gonna go through specific scripture. Psalm 19 that talks about God's word, and we're gonna break it down and see how even within scripture, we can understand that God's word and what he has spoken to us and how important it is to our life and the transformative power that it has in our life. And then towards the end, we'll look at some ways briefly just how we can apply the word of God to our life. But just a reminder, each and every week, we've provided resources to you where you go on our sermon page where there is a the PowerPoint slides. Um, right under there, you can find a button that will say resources. And each week, we've provided things like uh, prayer apps or guided prayers from last week. And this week is on some Bible resources, some Bible apps or teachings on the Bible or commentary so, or books even to read, and much of this was sort of gathered from leaders and pastors here, so please, you know, feel free to use those, to download them, um, and they will live on the site in the, when you go into this series, so those are available to you each week. So let's talk about this. What is the Bible? When we talk about God's Word, the Holy Bible... The Bible is the very word of God to his people, to each one of us. It was written by human authors. In fact, many of the books of the Bible, uh, they know who read, uh, who, sorry, wrote those books. But it was under the supernatural guidance of the Holy Spirit. It is the source of truth for Christian beliefs and living. The word of God shows us who God is, his very character and nature, what he's done for us, and who we are in him. The Bible is inspired by God. Other people say it is breathed out by God. It is the words of God himself. It is his word and truth, penned by people, but given by God, and it is infallible. It is without error, not wrong. Often we can dispute maybe God's word or have some doubts around what we read, but often that's based on our own expectations or perceptions or interpretations or context. But we see in scripture, we read and we know that God's truth, God is truth. And therefore, if these are his words, they are truth. Hebrews 4.12 says, for the word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. For the word of God is living and active. 2 Timothy 3 verse 16 says, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. 
some practical understanding of God's word, of the Holy Bible. It's 66 books, and it's made up of poems and prophecies, which are inspired words of God through his people. It's letters to people and to churches. We see many times Paul wrote to the churches. It's laws and it's histories and it's biographies. It's made up of the Old Testament and the New Testament. The New Testament starts with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You'll see here a good breakdown. This again is available on the slides to download if you want to look at this on a later date. But you see the breakdown of the Old Testament and the New Testament. You see that there is laws, there's history, there's poetry, the gospels, the letters. It was originally written in Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek. It's not in chronological order. So when you read uh, right from Genesis to Revelation in that order, it's not necessarily uh, chronologically in order. Some of it overlaps. Some of it's a little different. You can do some research and stuff to see what the order is. And it's important that we read the Bible with understanding, that we read it with context. We just addressed this at the beginning. Here is five ways to read it with a greater understanding. Number one, read it slow. Reading the Bible isn't about just getting through it. It's not about just information. In fact, Rick Warren says the Bible should give us a bigger heart and not a bigger head. The Bible is about transformation, not just information. And so when we read it slow, when we read it, when we meditate on it, it becomes real to us in our life. When we read it consistently, we grow, we learn. Sometimes reading things multiple times helps us to see things we never saw before. Or as we grow and we have greater understanding, as we read it again, we start to understand something we didn't before. We need to read it with understanding the context. I was doing some research during this and and there's a Bible teacher that I follow and and she says, text without context is just a con. And so when, I'll give you a little example. When Earl and I were first, well, we weren't even dating yet. We were just in sort of that phase where like, you know, you're kind of talking You both think that you know that you're interested in each other, but you're not really sure where this is going. We hadn't been on any dates yet. So we were having those long two, three hour phone conversations that you do to get to know someone. And finally, after months of that, he says, I'd like to take you out for dinner and and have this conversation face to face. And I said, yeah, that's great. Let's do that. I said, I'm in the middle of exams right now, so let's... Let's do it in two weeks. And so it was kind of like, you know, that drawn out lead up to this first date because we had planned it so far in advance leading up to it. You know, your mind goes through all these different things, your context, your perception, your understanding of what this may 
or may not be. And the day before, we're gonna meet up at a Kelsey's, you know, just your average restaurant near our, my house. He says, he sends a text and he says, just so we're on the same page, this is casual, right? With a question mark. And I thought, I don't need another friend. Like, I'm not interested in something casual. And I almost called it all off. I was thinking, okay, what's an excuse? You know, exams, maybe they were too much pressure or stress. I could tell them I need more time. And I was trying to think, and I went through with it anyway. So we're at this dinner, and, he, you know, we're just having casual conversation. And then he says to me, he says, he starts to go into the spiel about how he would like to take this relationship further. And, you know, he's, he's kind of giving, I can't even remember exactly what he said, but I remember being kind of thrown off. Like, what? I thought this was casual. So anyway, we both, you know, expressed to each other that we're interested in dating and pursuing this relationship. And, and so we established that. So a couple days later, I said to him, I said like, it kind of threw me off at the, the dinner because your text to me the day before said, this is just casual, right? And so I was surprised when you, you know, expressed that you were interested in a relationship. And he said, casual? I was talking about what we were gonna wear. So here, my mind, but he didn't use the word, we're gonna dress casual. That word was missing, and so my context was the date itself surrounding that was casual. And this is why context matters. This is why it's important to read with understanding, to read God's word, to study God's word, to learn God's word, because there is context. You have to remember some of these are histories, so there's cultural context. Some of this is around the language was written in a different language originally, and therefore sometimes even translations don't translate it exactly, and that's why it's important to read it slow, read it consistently, read it with context, read different translations. There's word-to-word -word translations, which are ones like ESV, English Standard Version, the New King James Version, King James, and then there's ones where it's more thought for thought, so it's going to be the same message, but it might not be a direct word-for-word -word translation. Those are ones we often use in our sermons, ones like NIV, NLT, and then we know paraphrases like the Message Bible, which is a paraphrase of the Bible. And it is, it is language that we would often use today in today's culture. And lastly, we need to read with questions. We know that God's word tells us about who he is, what he's done for us, and who we are in him. And so when we read, we ask those questions. We say, God, what does this say about who you are? What does this say about who I am? And what does this say about how I can live? And when we read slow, we meditate, we memorize. When we read consistently, we learn, we grow. When we read it with context, when we study it, 
And when we read with questions, we open up our heart to be inspired by God, to hear from God, to truly hear his word. You know, I don't consider myself a, you know, a huge intellect. Uh, I have to do a lot of study when I prepare for something or when I was in college and I had to, you know, really study hard to understand. And then my husband Earl, he like, he can tell you, like, I am amazed sometimes when he can sort of just recite, like, he can tell you the context around the scripture, the history, what was happening at that time, who wrote it. And I've always sort of struggled with that. It's been something that I've had to really learn and grow in. But over these last few years, I've come to a greater appreciation of how I receive God's word, of how I learn and grow in God's word. I'm someone who I love to meditate and memorize scripture, to look at wordings and understand the language around it. And I've grown to appreciate the difference. Because even when Earl and I, and we have conversations around scriptures, we give and we get different things from each other, even as we do that as a couple or as a family. Over the last few years, I've had some, I've shared in the past that I've been going through some like health challenges, different ones, but it just seems to have sort of, you know, progressed over these last few years. And I remember my mom, when I was in the thick of it a couple years ago, dealing with some vertigo and, and just some symptoms, I didn't understand what they were and why, and doctors couldn't give me answers, and, and I was just feeling horrible. And my mom gave me this little book. She had picked up at a little shop, and it has the scripture, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And I made a commitment when she gave me this, just because it was a cute little book with a scripture on front that every week for a couple months I wrote down a scripture that I just needed that week. And if I was sitting in a doctor's office, if I was letting my mind race about what was happening, why didn't I have answers, what was going on, I would just pull out the scripture that I wrote down that week. Philippians 4 verse 13, and I would say, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. I'd say, don't let your heart be troubled. Trust in him. And it, the only thing some days that kept me through was the word of God, God's scripture, that 2,000 years ago, these words were as true as they were for me today. When I needed them in that moment, that when they were breathed by God to those who wrote them, that they would be relevant and real for me today. In the season of life that I was going through and am going through, that I would need them, that they would impact me, that they would transform my heart and mind in those days. So I'm not here necessarily today to say, how must we read our Bibles? That's not what it is about. That's not what this series has been about. But I'm here to share that the word of God is living, it's active, 
It's powerful, it's transformative. It will guide you. We're gonna talk about this in a second. It will protect you, it will guard your heart. It will renew your mind and it will build your faith. It will set you free. That's the power that it has in our life. When you learn to study the word of God, to be in God's word, it's one of the most important things you will do on your journey with God. So let's do that. Let's look through the lens of scripture. We're gonna be in Psalm 19, verse seven to nine this morning, and we're gonna look at why God's word is so important for our life. So Psalm 19, verse seven to nine says, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. They use different ways of describing God's word, the law of the Lord, the testimony of the Lord, but they're talking about God's word. So Psalm 19 verse 7a says, the law of the Lord is perfect and it revives the soul. So God's word is perfect, which brings restoration or renewal in our life. The word perfect here means complete, whole, lacking nothing. God's word is complete, it's wholeness, and that revives the soul or restores the soul. When we see the word restore in Hebrew, it means to revive, it calls us back to the right relationship with God. We were separated from God because of sin and we're restored to him through Jesus. And so when we read God's word that is complete, it brings wholeness into our life. It brings renewing of our spirit. It restores or returns us to God. It is God's means by which he draws us back into our rightful identity in him. We are each made in the image of God and God's word reveals who he is. Therefore, when we read God's word, when we understand God's word, we know who we are in him. We can move towards that identity. By revealing who he is, we, through his word, we become more like him. Back to our restored person as a human made in the image of God. It revives our soul, it returns us to God, it shows us who we are and brings us to him. Secondly, in Psalm 19, verse 7b, it says, the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. So the word of God is sure, or we could say trustworthy, instead of sure. Therefore, brings revelation to us. 
brings restoration and it brings revelation because of the surety of it, because of the trustworthiness of God's word. We can rely upon it. When there are conflicting messages as to what truth is, God's word does not change. It is trustworthy throughout the ages. The word simple in the, in the Hebrew is more aligned with the word naive than it is our English word simple. So it doesn't speak of one who is incapable of understanding or one who is unwilling to receive knowledge. But when it says making wise the simple, it's actually saying making wise the naive. So those who are just simply lacking in knowledge. So as we read God's word that can be trusted, that is his truth, we grow in knowledge, we grow in understanding, we grow in wisdom. Psalm 111 verse 10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And we see here God's word is referred to that. That as we, it's not a fear of God himself, like a scared fear that we would think. It is an awe and wonder of God that when we come to scripture with an open mind and heart, God through his word will reveal himself to us and we grow in knowledge. Number three, says Psalm 19 verse eight says, the precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The word of God is right and it brings rejoicing. It brings joy, brings celebration. We talked, we sang a song today that says the joy of the Lord is our strength. That is scripture. The joy of the Lord because God's word is right. They don't, it doesn't mislead us, doesn't take us down a dead end, it's never out of date. Therefore, it rejoices the heart because it keeps us in the right path as we learn to grow and to be led by God's word. True joy comes from knowing God's ways. It helps us to know how to lean on God's strength in the midst of mourning, when we need comfort, that we can find joy, even in the difficult times, that we can rely on his strength when we are weak. And these are the things that bring rejoicing to our soul when we understand that God's word guides us and leads us in the right paths. Number four, it says the word of God is pure and it brings right living. It says the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. It's pure so it brings us into an understanding of how to live, right living. God's word shed lights on an otherwise dark pathway. God reveals to us, how we can live, how we can, as we talked about in week one, how we can live in the holiness of God. God's word enables us to see clearly. 
through it. He shows us where to step, how to walk, what to avoid. It enlightens or illuminates or gives light to the eyes on how we are to live. I was singing the song this morning saying, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. As we read God's word, as we understand that it is pure, that it is true, it helps us to see how we can live what God calls us true. It is a guide to our life. Number five, Psalm 19 verse nine says, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous all together. When we see that word clean, you could say holy. The word of God is holy, enduring forever. And so the word of God is clean or holy and it brings us relationship with him. This is a constant necessity in our spiritual life to be drawn back into fellowship with God. This is one of the functions of God's word. You see, the purifying effect of God's word is that it shows us how to be in relationship with him. Imagine, okay, I'm a, I'm a wife, I'm a mom, and if there was one thing I wish came with both of those things was a manual or a handbook. Like imagine as a parent or a spouse receiving Every, a book that tells you everything you need to know about your spouse or your child, or it could be a friend, family member, how to, how to relate to them, who they are, their character and their nature. I mean, there's still things, my kids are 10, eight and seven, and there's still things that I'm like, wow, okay, I'm starting to see how you relate to this, how you respond to this, or, or, or some of their personality coming out, and you have to kind of like figure it out along the way. But the Bible is God's word to us to help us to understand how to have a deeper relationship with God, to show us who he is, what he's done for us, the love that he has for us. It's never about a duty or obligation to read. It comes from a joy and a love for God. It comes from a relationship with him. It's about desiring one thing, and that's to be in the presence of God. And that's where a desire, a love for God's word needs to come from not to get caught up in the how and the where and the what and, and all of those things, but to say, God, I wanna know who you are. I wanna understand you in a deeper way and out of that, a desire and a love for God's word comes to want to know him more, to learn more about him. And this is what Psalm 19 is saying. That God's word is true and trustworthy. 
that it is pure and holy. And because of that, it has a transformative power in our life. It changes us. It is about transformation, not just information. That when it was breathed out by God, he thought of each one of us. He knew words and encouragement and, and, and things that we would need to hear and understand. Even in our life, in our seasons, in our situations. And when I think about the power of that, when I think about how much those words encouraged me or gave me hope in really desperate moments of my life, I thank God that he loved us so much that he gave his word to us. And it is something that continues to be something that I'm growing and learning in. We were just talking this morning about actually how you can read scripture some of these scriptures that maybe we've heard multiple times. And when we're open to God's word and how he may inspire us in those moments, he will teach us something new, doesn't grow old or stagnant. God's word is true. James 1 verse 22 to 25 says, but be doers of the word, not only hearers deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he is like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. The word of God is for us to hear and do. It is the way that we can know how to live. And so five things I just want us to walk away with today. It seems like a lot, five. But I just want to go through five things that we can do to become hearer and doers of God's word. Again, this is not about a certain way or a right way but we can hear God's word. We do that when we gather together, when we have teachings and sermons, when we listen to scripture, when we go through something like Psalm 19 together. This is how we hear God's word. We read God's word. We read it in community. We read it on our own. Read it. That's why a lot of times our DQs talk specifically about the scripture that we have gone through in that sermon. We can read through Bible plans, commentaries. We need to memorize God's word. It helps us in moments where we need to just draw on God's word when all other words fail, when we need a moment of hope or strength in our life. We can memorize, sometimes that's writing it out, sometimes that's repeating it back to us, whatever it may look like for you. We can meditate on God's word, pondering on it, thinking about it. 
asking the questions. One of the things that I love to do when I read God's word is to journal. God, what are you saying about who you are, who I am in you, and how this can change the way that I live? And so that's a way to meditate, to ponder, to see what God is saying through our scriptures. And lastly, to pray. So we hear, we read, we can memorize, meditate, and we can pray the scriptures. Sometimes our own words get lost. And that's why it's important that we can say, we can pray these things. And we're gonna do that at the end today. But I just, it was interesting, I have the, the Bible app on my phone and it gives the scripture of the day. And this was the scripture, Joshua 1.8 today. And, I've, and this is the NIV version, it says, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on a day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. And as we end today, I'm going to pray scripture over us. The ending of Psalm 19, 19 verse 10, or these scriptures in Psalm 19 says this. After it goes through seven to nine, it talks about God's word and what it is and how it transforms and changes and impacts our life. It says this, Psalm 19 verse 10. More to be desired are they which is the word of God, when they say wait, they, they're talking about the word of God. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than any honey and drippings of the honeycombs. And so my prayer today, we're gonna pray this scripture as we end today, is that the word of God would be more desired in our life than things, than what we might accomplish or do, but it would come from a place of truly desiring God and to be in His presence and in relationship with Him. And trust me, when it is, you'll start to get in a groove of when and how and what, and it's gonna look different at different times. Sometimes it's gonna be a meditation of the heart and sometimes it's gonna be a time to study and understand. But as we read, God will reveal those things through his word as we are in his scripture, as we take the time, as we read it slow, as we read it consistently, as we read it in context, as we read it with questions, with an open heart and mind. It says God will bring revelation. He will bring wisdom through it. So let's pray that over our life today. Father God, we just pray. We thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that you've revealed to us through your word who you are, how much you love us, God, who we are in you. We thank you for what it does in our life, for the power that it has in our life. And so God, I pray that we would be people who are hearers and doers of your word, that we would be people who desire to be in your word, to know you, to be in your presence, God, that that 
would be the desire of our hearts, that that would be what motivates us towards your word and your, and your truth, God. I pray this for each person here today, myself included, God, that as we grow and we learn, each one of us, to be fully devoted to you, to be people who desire you, that we would grow together, that we would learn together, Father, and that you would continue to reveal to us through your word, through gathering together, through grouping, through worship, through all of these ways about who you are, God, and how much you love each one of us. We thank you for your word. We thank you that it brings peace and joy and strength. In Jesus' name, amen.